This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 48, a look at ANSYS's ever-growing tools for additive manufacturing available in ANSYS 2019 R3, along with news and events. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'm Eric Miller, one of the owners here at PADT. It is the end of a long week here in Phoenix as we celebrated AZ Bio Week with lots of talks and panels and award ceremony. Um, and, and it's a lot of fun. We get together with people in the medical device uh, design and manufacturing community here in the Valley and, and, and in Tucson. And um, good to see some of you who might be listening to this podcast at various events this week. Uh, it was a lot of fun. One of these years, I'm going to plan ahead so I have time to offer a seminar on simulation for device design. Uh, We certainly use it with our customers to design medical devices, and I think it'd be a great topic. We're doing more and more stuff in that area with ANSYS, so more and more capability from the ANSYS side of things, including hopefully we'll have a podcast soon about this, the fact that you can now get to FDA certification um, with the help of simulation. But more on that later, maybe next year. Uh, We're starting the fourth quarter, and I'm happy to say that Q3 at PADT, we added some fantastic companies uh, as new ANSYS users in in our family of ANSYS users. Um, it may have been a record for new accounts. I'm not quite sure. We don't keep a count and how you count, whether it's seat count or number of customers. I don't know. But it was it was a lot. And it was, it was close to maybe a record if it wasn't a record. Um, privacy rules being what they are, I'm not able to even mention their names. But I can say welcome if you're listening. And uh, we look forward to working with you in the future and in many, many years to come and help you use ANSYS to get your products to market better, faster, smarter, cheaper, etc. The podcast itself is doing well. This is episode number 48, so we'll be doing our our kind of an important uh, 50th episode very soon. And we'll also soon have 15,000 downloads, which is great. We're honored to have so many listeners. In fact, uh, one came up to me to say hi. A group of us were talking at the Colorado Additive Manufacturing Day last week. And I got to apologize. I was so shocked that somebody actually listened to the podcast and stopped by to say hello that I I, I didn't respond like I wanted to and, and thank them and get their name. Um, but um, I'm so glad you stopped by and let us know that you listen. It's it's good to know that, uh, that it's not just ending, ending up in the unlistened to pile on your your iPhone. So um, glad glad you enjoy the podcast. And uh, please do not hesitate everybody else to step up and say hi when you see us. And remember to spread the word. Let's get on to the interview for this uh, episode. Um, we're going to take another look at the capabilities available at ANSYS 2019 R3. Uh, this is going to be about additive manufacturing and topological optimization. Uh, as you'll learn when we when I talk with Doug Otis, who's in our Denver office, that uh, there's a lot in there. We just had a discussion about this on R2 not that long ago, and there's enough in R3 to talk about. So let's see what's been added. Welcome. Um I'm with on the uh, Microsoft Teams with Doug Otis in our Colorado office. And the first question I have for you, Doug, is why didn't record we record this when I was five feet away from your desk last week? Uh, I think you were in twelve meetings at the same time, and so that, that was probably why. <laughs> I didn't dawn on me that we should have done it. I was there, and we and uh, we had a great discussion with uh, one of the people in Ansys that's in charge of development for the, or, or one of the people in charge of development for the additive product suite. So we had a lot of good discussions with him while we were there. That uh, some of which we can will help us answer some of the questions we're going to talk about today. Yep. 
But uh, let's go ahead and get started on that. So I, like I said, I'm with Doug Otis, who's up in our Colorado office, and I'm here in our Tempe office, and we're talking about additive at ANSYS 2019 R3. And we checked. Yes, we did just have this discussion in, in July <laughs> uh, for R2. And um, it's coming. I guess the, the point, Doug, is that it's coming fast and furious. There's enough to talk about between these point pieces. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's... Um... It it does feel repetitive, but um, it's just the topic, not the content of it. And so it's always um, there's always a, a few kind of big hitters of you know what's an actually new feature versus what are tweaks more of kind of productivity or general use enhancements. Um, yeah, so. we're not adding a new caturbulence uh, model buried deep down inside of the software. <laughs> this is this is major. There 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 are major efforts to add capabilities in this area. Right, which is good. So let's start off with the kind of the obvious one is what's what's the most important thing that you think came out in R three? Uh, it's kind of a two parter to me, and so um, one is the level set topology method um, mm-hmm. for topology optimization. I don't know okay. if I repeated myself on that. Um, and I think I claimed ignorance on the specific numerics behind what a level right. set is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll use the same excuse. I can understand it for about 20 minutes <laughs> and then I'll have lunch and I'll forget everything about it. And so um, it was a beta feature uh, back in R2, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And it's released now. Okay. And uh, really, I, I really like it because it, creates a super clean stl file like much better um, yeah so the 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 simp method uh or the density based method mm-hmm. um every time i run it i i almost always like assume that i have to run some type of shrink wrap or something mm-hmm. like that on it to clean it up to get it to be something usable uh from a printing standpoint or you know a downstream simulation mm-hmm. uh, but the level set is just it's so clean like every time i run it it's uh it's i, I don't know uh, as much as you can be amazed at mm-hmm. uh you know simulation tools mm-hmm. maybe i'm just old and disgruntled now but <laughs> but it does a really good job um uh-huh. and so you know it's been there in the code for a bit but really you know it the, the downside of being kind of the the newly non-beta or newly released is it just doesn't support everything that the set does. And so most of those are going to be kind of the manufacturing constraints. And really, it's really just a matter of time before mm-hmm. um, those get put in there or, or get, get enabled. Um, but kind of the cool thing, and one of the customers that we've run into, uh, one of our customers, um, one of the things that this uh, level set does is some of the criteria, in addition to just being mass or volume-based, mm-hmm. does uh, center of gravity or moments of inertia. And so right. um, kind of the uh, ability to run a topology optimization and have a kind of dynamic equivalency uh, um, uh, is, is kind of a really nice feature. Um, so that, that that's, that's kind of that's kind of the first thing that's uh, not necessarily new mm-hmm. but more released and just something that you should be checking out um and then within the additive prep um mm-hmm. we have so many very similar sounding products so additive prep that is the tool within space claim that right. uh is a rules based um uh, utility that kind of helps you determine what orientation um, and 
uh, you should pick uh, based off of uh, the supports you'll need, the distortion you could expect, and uh, the build time. And okay. so, you get, and so, in addition to being able to do all of that, um, it now actually has the ability to generate a build file. And so, nice. um, kind of a um, you can use that utility to figure out how I want to actually. Uh, place and orient my part okay and then you can go through and there's all these additional uh, machine build parameters um, so you can uh, do some remelt uh, passes and stuff like that and I'm gonna butcher the names of those because I'm not looking at the sheet right now um, mm -hmm. but basically in so you can orient it properly kind of expect what kind of distortions you'll or mm -hmm. Try to minimize that. You can build your own support structure um, using some automated tools um, within Additive Prep, and then generate your build file and go from there. And so it's kind of a, a one-stop shop. Um, and this is all—it's uh, not solving like an FEA model in the back. No, it's it's, it's, it's all it's, like closed-form solution. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I don't even know if it's kind of closed form solutions are just rules of the thumb that have been codified in uh, numerics. And so, yeah, it's, it's not like you have to rotate your part and wait for it to solve. Um, it just, uh, you know, I don't want to call it discovery live ish, but it's, it's, it's kind of an, it's, I don't even want to call it a solve. It's just, here's what you could expect. And so, I mean, obviously you could take all of that and then run it through, you know, um, additive print um, or workbench additive to actually capture distortion effects. Right, and compensate um, for them. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so so this is in the space claim interface, correct? Correct. And it's a it's a nice tool. I think I think people are kind of got in their head. I know that I struggle with it. That there's these these solvers that look at a layer by layer simulation of a build or multi layer at a time build which are there that's that's additive print and and additive science right and then there's um there's this additive prep which does these kind of real time um calculates things as you make changes right so right so additive print is more i Maybe we'll we'll just boil it down to like fancy yes. vector math, where it's okay. just looking at kind of overhangs and orientations and stuff right. like that, um, versus you know a, a build direction and you know kind of doing some hand waving off of that. Okay. And so again, it's it's rules of thumb where um, you know if you wanted to do a a layer by layer, you could pass that over and use the workbench additive tool, which right. runs a. a, a, a coupled uh, thermal structural uh, simulation and you solve it all with a mechanical um, mm -hmm. or the other way you can do it is you can solve it within additive print. And so there, there is some overlap between the two. Mm -hmm. um, one is mechanical solving thermal and structural. You have the ability to add you know, whatever kind of material properties you want that mechanical supports on the additive print side. Um, that's more of a thermodynamics and it, can you know there there's a couple of different solve le levels there so you have like a kind of a basic level which is kind of an equivalent to what workbench additive is doing in mechanical um you i'll probably get dinged on that from antis because it's it's <laughs> close but not exactly you can make it a one-to-one -one <laughs> using some command snippets and mechanical yes. um but then the other thing you can start to do is actually uh, solve for distortion stresses and right. strains using actual scan data. And uh, so there's kind of two levels on that. And so you can 
basically take into account the scan direction and kind of get this mm -hmm. uh, anisotropic uh, stress and strain field that develops due right. to the direction that you're actually uh, uh, building it. Or you can actually solve, you know, a, a very detailed using actual scan data mm -hmm. um, um, and you know, capture stresses and strains, you know, on a layer by layer basis. And again, you know, uh, the reason why you would do one versus the other is, you know, the classic FEA uh, debate of how long do I want to wait for an answer? How important are the details to me? You know, if I if I'm not setting these machine parameters and I'm just trying to figure out can this survive the build cycle? You know, you have a couple different flavors you can choose from depending on the material properties you're trying to uh, uh, use. That's pretty cool. Okay. I did not. That's, so it's come a long way in capability and a lot of different levels of capability. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of tools that do a, a lot of different things. And the Venn diagram is kind of noisy in the middle, um, <laughs> depending. And, and again, it, it's, it really depends on what, how you're approaching additive. And so you have people that have machines in house and the nice thing is you can, cal you know, there's uh, calibration, uh, Right. steps that you can go through on the uh, ANSYS additive product um, side. So that's additive print, additive science. Mm -hmm. um, whereas if you don't have a machine in-house and you know you don't really necessarily care about machine-specific parameters where you're mm -hmm. assuming that um, the machine has... Know, it has a full remelt on each cycle. You're not introducing right. any type of defects or anything like that. You're just concerned about a layer-by-layer build up and what happens when I remove my supports? Do I need to do a heat treat cycle after that? Um, then you could solve that with a mechanical. And so it, it kind of depends on the organization, what you have control over, what you're comfortable with. So if mm -hmm. I don't want to do any FEA, like I, I don't care about meshing, yes. um, then additive print is a really nice tool because you essentially specify um, a, uh, a voxel size, which is... Right. Um, their kind of uh, underlying numerics uh, of everything um, rather than, you know, meshing it with, you know, either a layered TET or a Cartesian mesh within mechanical. And right. so if you don't care about meshing, you just want to basically specify a size that you know, rules of thumb, trying to capture a certain level of detail, then additive print's great. You, you just throw it in there, run. Um, you can do some distortion calculations off of that. Um, and you know, there's a lot of additional tools now that that handle either custom supports or support groups or you know, volumeless supports, depending on how uh, detailed your. Um, you know, I think I heard someone call it like tribal knowledge. On, yes. <laughs> you know, I, I know how to support my parts, and mm -hmm. this is how we're going to support it, and we'll deal with machining aspects of it later or the cleanup. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of tools. Each one kind of serves its own unique uh, role, but there there is some overlap, and you know there's some definite, you know, one feeds into the other, feeds into the other kind of. That's good. Aspect. So that is one thing that's changed. I don't remember which release, but you can now import your own supports. I think. Yeah, yeah, you've been able to do that since R two. Oh man, I think R two. Okay. Now I'm now I'm debating whether it's R one. Just because it's so, beta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's always that's, that's the. I, I was on a phone call earlier today, and I was blaming Microsoft for something because that's the easy <laughs> thing to do. And so you can always claim something was beta when you don't remember. Right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, you could import your own supports and just um 
you know, uh, now you can essentially group those together and have kind of a mixture of volumeless and solid support types with an additive. Um, and, you know, both products, you know, on the ANSYS additive, uh, that's the voxel-based method right. versus workbench additive, which is mechanical uh, meshing and material properties using the APDL solver. Right. Um, both of those have different ways of, you know, importing uh, supports and uh, discretizing and, mm -hmm. and applying the correct knockdown factors uh, right. for your support, uh, for how, how the, the support is numerically modeled. Right, right. Because they're very thin. Uh, it's it's one of the things we've struggled with is they're paper thin sometimes. And so you got to process. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's, uh, it's kind of a, it, you know, because they're not just there, it, you know, support isn't always there as like a, a, you know, to support something. It's there as a, as a additional conduction path. Right, right. And so, you know, trying to, yeah, it's 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 an interesting world of uh, additive. <laughs> yeah, it, we had a an interesting discussion about um, the analyst trying to understand additive and the and the additive uh, manufacturing engineer trying to understand simulation. That was one of the discussions we had with the Ansys development person was, you know, making sure that we have tools that meet both needs because. Um, we get in there as very experienced simulation people and don't quite know what they're talking about. Um, it's because these are, you know, machine parameters and melt pools and things like that. Right. Whereas the manufacturing guy is going, what's a mesh? <laughs> so. yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of the classic uh, case of, you know, the, the the numerical ability is there now. Yes. And so it's it's hard convincing an industry that that isn't used to that to stop wasting money and, and yes. breaking stuff or, you know, discarding a whole bunch of parts and to, to take a, a different way, a different look at it. Um, yes. and, and so, yeah, at, at lunch, when we, we were talking this, uh, <laughs> we, we had a high frequency electromagnetics guy at the table and mm -hmm. he was kind of chiming in of like, well, that's how, you know, high frequency electromagnetics was for, you know, the past, yes. you know, maybe 15 years ago, people would be like, yeah, you could probably do some academic stuff with it, but, now, like the abilities there, so might as you well would, use it. You would never design an antenna now, a high frequency antenna now, without using simulation. We've got a. That's probably most of our listeners are probably simulation people. So, when when working with your company on additive, uh, one of the things you may be facing is just convincing the manufacturing team that simulation is a good answer. Um, and and the tool is definitely coming along. I think. Uh, all these things you've talked about have, have really been a direct result of people like us using it on real parts and going, hey, I need to know this and hey, I need to know that. And can you add yep. this capability? So yeah, it's been really good. Yeah. What what else did, did you did you see in there? Yeah, I mean, one other thing I forgot. I'm going to pivot back to topology optimization. Yes. Um, is so on the density base side. Yes. So you can either do this numerical black magic of mm -hmm. uh, level set, which um, I won't try to describe or a semi uh, kind of density based, mm -hmm. uh, but you can kind of start to build your own criteria. So you can kind of say, you know, we can, or, or I'm sorry, objectives. And so you can uh, basically say, you know, I want the displacement between these two surfaces. So I can tag a surface and say, I want you to pull a scalar value of displacement in the X, Y, Z direction. Okay. Um, and then same thing on another surface and then build a posit, uh, so okay. basically, basically, it's just kind of some additional uh, 
almost exposing the probe functionality right. as an objective um, okay. within the uh, density-based. Um, and so it's kind of a ni- nice little tool. Um, I've kind of played around with it a little bit. It um, kind of reminds me of uh, if anyone's ever used the uh, a solution combination or load case combinations right. in right. APDL. It's, it's kind of like that. Um, but um, that's a good way no, to look it, at it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. Every, every time it's something new, um, sometimes it's just kind of like, a, oh, yeah, that'd be cool versus, you know, an actual like new product like the additive prep, uh, build uh, processor um, uh, or the, the level set being kind of fully exposed. So you're going to be talking about this in a, a webinar on the ninth. Is that correct? <laughs> that, that's the rumor. That's the rumor. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll have pictures of everything and, yes. you know, kind of be able to dive a little bit deeper, um, uh, into seeing it. So, yeah. And, and, and definitely, uh, a chance to ask questions and see it live. Yep. It's, it's definitely, if you've been, if you've been using a competitive tool, uh, this is another thing we, I talked about, uh, with with you and the Ansys folks as well as a couple customers, um, we've had a lot of customers that have gone out and gotten uh, competitive tools that are really design based CAD based additive manufacturing tools and 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 the, especially on the topological optimization side, they've been somewhat limited. Uh, so if you haven't looked at Ansys, you're using one of those and finding it constraining. It's probably time to come back. Uh, we said this at R2, but even more so at R3. It's probably time to come back and take a look at take a look at level set, take a look at all you can do with the density base topological. Uh, look at our pre-processing tools for additive, uh, as well as our ability to simulate the additive manufacturing process itself. And then additive science is still coming along. Uh, we have a lot of high hopes for it, but that's you know predicting kind of the science of the metallurgical science in the process. Um, there's a few things correct in this release, but, but nothing that we're, we're like, go out and, and use it everywhere yet. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of it is almost just, uh, understanding how it fits, um, right. into, into the, the development cycle. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, trying to kind of wrap your head around, well, when do I run this? And, mm-hmm. uh, and, um, I think the one of the better explanations was you actually kind of run it before everything. So you kind of get an idea of what, what machine setting should I be using so that I don't screw everything else up. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I mean like the grain structure prediction, stuff like that, you know, obviously it's a, there's quite a bit of development in order to capture that, um, and, uh, predict that on a material by material basis. Um, and so, you know, Question's always going to be like, when when is X material going to be there? And it's like, you know, it it, it it's a work in progress. And so, right. you know, certain materials are validated for use in different solvers, and um, you know, it's you know, it's it's just a matter of time, kind of to 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 build that up. And uh, um, there, there's there's quite a lot of uh, I was getting an explanation of what goes on behind the scenes, and right, um, there's quite a lot of uh, material curves you need to provide. Um, in order to properly characterize 
<laughs> and it shouldn't be shocking. It's you know we're we're basically melting and resolidifying <laughs> like, yeah. a powder with a laser, and of course it's complicated. Like it's like, this, <laughs> like, you get, like there's a reason that 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 yeah you know it's hard. So there's um, phase change, nonlinear materials. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. time de- yeah. time dependent. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 old like Louis C.K. bit about you know being mad at your cell phone. It's like well you know your phone's communicating with a satellite in space, so <laughs> exactly. which isn't technically right, but you know, you know, it's like, why don't you just like, you know, it's magic. Like, it's magic. yeah, yeah, it's, 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 this is hard stuff. So, so, um, so yeah, so yeah, it'll, it'll take a little bit of time and just to kind of, you know, build those out and kind of better understand what's going on. But, um, you know, it's every rev is, you know, something new and cool there. So, so definitely if you're into the metallurgy side of things, check it out, the additive science and, and see what's there and if it's useful to you or not. Um, I'm very excited about when it's, when there's a lot of infrastructure that needs to be put in place, but when we can predict the behavior of these metals at that level, at a grain boundary level, a grain, grain size level. Um, wow. There's so many things we can do with that. It's going to be pretty powerful. So I'm excited about it. I mean, I mean, if, if anything, just being able to kind of better predict a creep behavior yeah. of a heat treat off of yes. a uh, printed part um, mm. without so many assumptions, <laughs> um, it, that'll be a nice, nice tool. And I think that's where it's going to be really applicable is modeling, yes, the build itself, but really modeling that post-processing that we're doing, the hipping and the heat treat and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. I didn't. Excellent. Uh, anything else you want to add? Any words of wisdom for those uh, getting into topological or uh, or additive simulation? Uh, not, not really. I mean, I think the the topological has has become user friendly enough that um, it, it feels like it's hard to break something. Um, good. And good. So that's good. Um, <laughs> it, like. Yeah, I, I mean, my my personal experience as far as you know, level set versus density basis, the level set's a little bit slower. Um, okay, and so just don't be surprised at that. But it gives you kind of a cleaner result at the end. Um, the and yeah, it's you know, topology optimization. Um, just just use it. It's yeah. it's it's come quite a way. It's uh, you know, it was kind of a a, a limitation. Man, like five, four or five years ago, I don't, I don't know. I've been using it too long. I remember it wasn't very good for a while, and now, now we don't really have a whole lot of problems with it. Yeah. Um, and so with that space claim, um, the additive prep tool is um, <laughs> the the first time I opened it. Um, I thought it was a lot more complicated than what than what it actually was. Right. right. And so um, there's I'm like 95% certain there's documentation in the space claim um, that kind of walks you through the general process. And it's a lot easier than you think it at first <laughs> pulls up and you feel like you're like navigating, like you're, you know, on a submarine navigating all these screens. <laughs> and you don't know what you're doing. And really you just look for green fields, click there, see what the orientation is. Then you go on your Good. way. That, that's Good. all it is. Nice. Um, and then as far as the, uh, the multiple additive, uh, Sim- process simulation goes um it really i almost want to say it depends on what you're comfortable with what you're trying to simulate what you have control over and so depending on those answers you know i, I would steer you in one way or the other but um i mean there's wizards that that guide you through everything Good. um and then yeah Good. 
they're definitely paying attention to workflow. Uh, that's definitely in discussions with them. It's been a key yep. key thing. Just just don't just throw a bunch of features out there, but but make it usable. So <laughs> yeah. excellent, excellent. So um, I appreciate it, and we'll probably be talking about R one before we know it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> schedule in two months. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, which is which is fantastic. So 2020 R one should be out uh, beginning of 2020, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of they're putting a lot of effort into the additive and topological space. So we'll have plenty to talk about um, when when they do that. So thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll hopefully see you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Doug. Thanks. So as you can tell by our talk, this area is growing fast, and we have to continue to discuss this probably every three or four months just to keep up with everything they're adding. Um, and, and since PADT is that rare company that specializes in both simulation and 3D printing, this topic is really near and dear to us and very exciting to see all the things that are going on in the ANSYS world. Let's go ahead and take a break and listen to a commercial. On these podcasts, we have a lot of fun talking about, well, all things ANSYS. From new features to reminiscing about the good old days of batch input files, only a few listens will convey the fact that we really are passionate about this set of software tools. Did you know that you can have that passion and experience at your service to help you purchase and use tools from ANSYS? PADT is an ANSYS Elite Channel Partner, and if you live in the southwestern United States, you can purchase your licenses and get your support from the people on this podcast. As you can tell by listening, we not only know the tools, we know how they are applied by users in real-world situations to drive product development. Get more value from your ANSYS investment by working with PADT to manage and enhance that investment. If you are located in Southern California, Arizona, Utah, Nevada, New Mexico, Colorado, or Texas, and you are interested in exploring ANSYS as your simulation solution, adding to your existing ANSYS products, or simply getting support from the experts who go the extra mile to make you productive, contact PADT at 480-813-4884 or send an email to sales at padtinc.com. We are here to make sure you get the most of your investment in the fantastic suite of tools from ANSYS Inc. And don't worry, even though the email says sales at padtinc.com, our sales experience is just like the podcast, knowledgeable and interactive with some fun sprinkled in. Give us a call or send us an email. And thank you for listening to our little commercials. Now, back to our podcast. I have to apologize looking at the... uh what should be silence in between the various cuts on this uh, recording. My air conditioner is on. I'm in my office at uh, PADT headquarters in Tempe, and the air conditioner is pretty dang loud. Um, and I apologize for that. I'll filter it out, but it'll make my voice sound. So uh, it is better when I record at home in my son's unused uh, bedroom. But uh, let's let's get into the news. And first off, we'll talk about Ansys stock. And um, it's Friday, October 4th. Um, I looked up the numbers at around 10 a.m. Not quite sure where they are right now. It's a little bit later in the day. But anyway, um, the, the Wall Street hasn't been doing well. They've, they've seen some, some down uh, days for the last couple of days, but that hasn't happened to ANSYS. Right now, um, the stock is sitting at uh, – or at 10 o'clock, it was sitting at $223.63. 66 cents. It had peaked at 224 sometime earlier in the day. So uh, it's actually up year to date. That puts ANSYS at 60% growth and the S&P 500 
uh, which has recently gone through the downturn that I was talking about, is only sitting at an 18.9% gain. So that's that's easy math to do. That's uh, that's 20 to 60. That's 3x uh, better. Last week, I also compared ANSYS stock to other industry stocks, and I left out really the company that's the closest to ANSYS as far as being focused only on simulation or mostly on simulation, and that's Altair. Um, so I looked it up, and year-to-date, they are I, – I forgot that they were publicly traded, but they are. So year-to-date, they're up to 28.8%, uh, which is a bit better than the, the S&P 500 at 18%. But uh, or nineteen percent really, and but not nearly as good as Ansys at sixty percent. So again, outperforming the market and their competitors. The big news in the Ansys world is that they announced an increase to the breadth and depth of what you can do with elastic licenses. If you don't know what elastic licensing is, it's a way to buy time um, to have access to basically any Ansys tool. So we're used to kind of the model of buying or leasing a seat for a given product, say Ansys Mechanical. And I can use that one seat as much as I want for as long as I want, uh, as long as the license is valid. With elastic licensing, you're, you're buying access to any Ansys tool. Um, it's just uh, the amount of time that you actually run it. And different tools have different values and you, you buy these units and use up a certain number of units per hour depending on the product. Um, it's a it's a great way for that one month to get to get access for that one month when you need an extra seat. Um, you don't need it all year. You just need it for that one month. Or maybe you've got a big model and you want to run it on more cores. So you might add some HPC uh, to your run so you can run on more cores. Or maybe you only need to use, say, Maxwell twice a year. So instead of having that seat sit there unused most of the year, you can use up your elastic licenses to get access to it. It's a real game changer. Uh, we've had customers using it. Um, both as testing and, and in, in uh, actual day-to-day -day usage. And it's been a really positive experience for them. So it's a real game changer. Really recommend you check it out. They make it better and better all the time. Uh, the other piece of news that they announced is they'll be having their investor day, kind of back to the whole stock thing, on September 12th. So that's when they kind of share how the quarter went, the Q3 um, – wait, we've already had September 12th. They had their investor day back on September 12th. So I apologize for that. That's already come and gone. Uh, I guess it went well because the stock's up. <laughs> uh, PDT News. Uh, the thing, only thing I have to report is that we were lucky enough to receive two awards here locally in Arizona. The the first was on Wednesday. We PDT received an award from the local biotech industry group. It's called AZ Bio, and they gave us a special award at their twenty fifth uh, at their uh, award ceremony. Uh, two nights ago, it was for our 25th anniversary and our contribution to the ecosystem, the biotech ecosystem in the valley, for the past 25 years. Uh, it was a real surprise. We 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 didn't expect to win it. We didn't know we were, they were going to give it to us. It was a real honor, and it was a special honor because for eight years we've been 3D printing the actual awards. They've got these cool uh, double helixes that hold up the the words that uh, talk about what the award is. Um, you can you can check that out. We'll be putting a blog post up soon. You can check that out. It's pretty cool. The other one is uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to be named as a top tech executive um, by the Phoenix Business Journal with 19 other local leaders. Actually, 18 other – there were 19 of us total, so 18 other local leaders. Math was not a requirement to win the award. Uh, what got me when I when I saw that I had won was how impressive the list of the other winners was. I'm really not sure how I snuck on there. There may be another Eric Miller they thought I was. I'm not sure. But I'll take it. Um, I'm very, very honored and very pleased to have won that. And uh, it was nice to, to get the recognition. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a big award month for us here at PADT. Can't complain about the recognition. 
Publication-wise, the ANSYS blog, uh, the three articles that I that I liked since the last time we did a podcast. Uh, the first one is called Fast, Accurate, Transit, uh, Transient Automotive Thermal Management Solutions. So this is really talking about what we call underhood modeling. This is where in the automotive industry, they want to know, you know, the radiator, the engine, all the fans, all that stuff under the hood. How do you manage the heat in that environment, the airflow and the thermal transfer and all that stuff? And that used to be kind of a pain in the butt and would take months, um, if not quarters, to build models. And, and now we can do it quick. And, and this article talks about how and why and what's changed in meshing, what's changed in solvers to allow us to, to uh, you model this really complicated. If you think about what's under the hood of a car with all those hoses and things, um, modeling that is a pain in the butt. And uh, then modeling it right and getting the right answer quickly is pretty impressive. The second one kind of talks about something we talked about. Ansys and it did a press release about elastic licensing, and then they did a blog post called "What Is Elastic Licensing and Why It's a Hot Topic for Engineers." And it kind of explains what it is. I kind of did a half half-ass job just recently here in this podcast. Um, this is a better explanation. Take a look at it. It's got some pictures too that kind of explain how it works. And um, if you're interested in elastic licensing, which everybody should be, check out that blog article. It's a pretty good one. And then the last one is uh, from our friends over on the optical side of simulation. It's called Optimize Optical Design Using Real-Time Simulation. Lights and lenses um, is what it's really looking at. It's not you know, designing the the optics in a device. It's once I have a device, maybe it's a light, maybe it's a headlight, maybe it's a mirror. I don't know. It's something that um, in, in, a, in the scale of a room or a vehicle, uh, modeling how that looks optically. And it's, it's in real time. So you can move things around and see how it affects what it looks like to the human eye in a virtual environment. And I just like the topic because it looks cool um, and it sounds very useful if you're in the optic space, the lighting space or designing lighting. Pretty neat stuff. We had a blog article that went out. Seema uh, published an article. She's one of our HFSS support and pre-sales engineers. And it's called Dependent Material Definitions in Ancient Temperature Dependent Material Definitions in ANSYS HFSS. So this is high frequency electromagnetics and uh, you know how to define your temperature dependent materials in that package. Very useful article for those of you using HFSS kind of based on a lot of questions she's been answering for tech support and helping customers get up to speed on the product. Upcoming event-wise, we've got a webinar to talk about what Doug and I just talked about, topological optimization and simulation for additive manufacturing and ANSYS 2019 R3. So this is where we actually look at the pictures and, and show some animations, I think, in this particular one and get a real good look for what we were talking about in the podcast. So you have time, sign up for that. It's uh, the 9th, Wednesday the 9th, uh, from 11 to 12 Pacific time. And as always, with all of our webinars, they're on brighttalk.com. And you can search for PADT to find it. And you don't have to listen to it live. You can sign up at any point and download the recording if you miss it. Other PADT events on the 24th will be at the 2019 Arizona Governor's Celebration of Innovation Awards and Tech Showcase. This is our big annual event for the tech community in Arizona, a gala, one would call it. Some people even wear tuxedos. Um, I will not be wearing a tuxedo, but I might be wearing a suit. So it is unusually formal for me. Uh, that's from 4 to 8.30 at the convention center downtown. Um, you know, if you've never been, if you're local here in Arizona, you've never been, it's, it's a fun event. And there's a lot of companies, a lot of the local tech companies show up for that. 
And then our, our uh, the large tech council event in Tucson is the 2019 Southern Arizona Tech and Business Expo. And that's going to be on the 30th from noon to six. And that's always a fun event. And we get to spend time with our Tucson customers at that. And we're looking forward to being there. And that's it. Thank you very much. Our job with this podcast is getting a little bit more difficult because there's so much to talk about. So keeping it concise and picking the important things uh, is what we're focused on. But I think it's a good thing that we've got so much to talk about. Don't forget to subscribe at www.padtinc.com slash opt in for our emails and newsletters. Spread the word. We'd love to have more listeners to the podcast and never hesitate to reach out and send us an email or give us a call for Talk to us on social media, whatever works for you. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for the All Things Answers podcast, episode number 48. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with Ansys Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employer. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com slash blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.